What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Low Life Chopper Podcast. We are coming to you live today from the Garage Mahal. We got some exciting news to share with you guys this week on the podcast. Loctite's going to be talking about the paint job that he's doing on CP's tins for the Savage Chop. I'm going to be talking about the move to the Garage Mahal and explain what that's all about. And then we're going to be talking about our booth at Full Speed Ahead Chopper Show in Quincy, is it? Quincy. Quincy. Chopper well, Show in Quincy. Quincy. Yeah, the other one's on the USS Salem. Yeah. USS Salem is in Quincy. It's in, so it's it's in Quincy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Friday night is in Quincy on the battleship. Gotcha. So we'll dive into that, and then uh, we'll be closing out with a section we're calling Just a Tip, where we're each going to share one tip, motorcycle-related, with you guys before we let you go. So without too much further ado, let's jump right in with you, Loctite. Painting the tins for CP, helping a brother out, always a good thing. It always feels good to do that. What are you thinking, paint scheme-wise, and do you have the tins yet? What stage is it at? Okay, so... The fucking tents. Let's get into that. <laughs> easy, uh, easy. Remember, I'm doing this all from a parking lot out of the back of my car. So if there's any dents on that tin, yeah, just saying, so, like, just to paint you guys a picture, these tins look like he may have tied them to his bumper while he drove to my house. Oh, that's the easiest way. Absolutely, to them. it's one of the roughest tins I've seen. I'm, <laughs> I still got his back. I'm gonna make it look good. Um, just so you guys know, I'm not. An expert painter. I'm not like Maddie at Crazy Customs, but I enjoy painting. Um, something I haven't mentioned, to you guys. I actually do artwork and all that bullshit. I tattoo on the side. So this is like a new thing of art that I'm trying to jump into. And CP donated his tins. He has because no fucking idea what I'm painting him. Doesn't know the color. Doesn't know anything. Just 100% put his trust in me. So I don't want to get into the design I'm doing, but. It's a secret? It's a secret. Well, he can't know. I just want him, when it's done, to be like, here's your fucking tins, and him to be like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, because I have no creative backbone to me at all. Like, I can maybe color in between the lines if I tried really hard, maybe with some <laughs> crayons, but you saw my last paint job. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to be creative. I put two fucking lines right down the middle and I was like that's good enough <laughs> we actually touched on that too when we talked to Maddie about the Rust-Oleum clear versus the Spraymax clear yes and yeah. one does not stand up to gas we were, just for you guys <laughs> listening right now we went to a gas station right after he had painted the tins we were out for a little cruise on a camping trip and we pull up to the gas station he puts the fucking nozzle in the bike a little bit spills out onto the tank. Fucking strips it right off. Immediately. And I'm like, yep. Like that. So that's when I decided to take the tins off, drain the gas out of them, and I was like, all right, I'm going to save up the money and get the good clear coat. End up finding it for pretty cheap. I think yeah, I mentioned that once. On that. Yeah, I got it for like 13 bucks a can. So I got two cans for them. Uh, it's the, the 2K... Um, Glamour Gloss. So Spray Max is the company for anybody listening. We touched on it. Maddie touched on it too. Obviously, best thing is to get an actual spray gun and not use rattle can at all. But if you're doing the rattle can thing, Spray Max is the company. 2K Clear. They make a matte and they make the uh, gloss version that you got. It's the same. I use the gloss one on mine too. Um, And it doesn't look bad. You can look at um, Grease's bike and my uh, stepchild building. Both of those, both rattle can with the 2K clear. 
Yeah, you so, can find pictures of that. For what it is, it looks great, and it'll get the fucking job done. And like Maddie said, as long as you're not looking for like show quality, which I'm not, it definitely still looks good, and it looks like a good paint job. So, if you just don't want to dive head first and get the gun and the air compressor, it's definitely a way to go. But now we have the Garage Mahal. Yes, that's true. So, so, so what? I mean, can you at least give us color? Yeah, so, what color are you thinking? Or uh, is that is that too much to tell? It's too much. <laughs> so, what I posted on the Instagram, I gave you guys all a little sneak peek. That is. Completely not even set in stone. Um, so I haven't even done the body work on that tank yet. I just simply sprayed it down real quick with some primer and then I just started taping it just to try to get an idea on what I could do. That way I know what colors to lay where when I actually do start painting it before I tape it. So that's just a complete rough idea. Something I was just messing Spit around on. with that night and uh, just to give CP and everybody else an idea on what kind of shit I'm thinking about, that's kind of where I want to go with the tank. I'm not gonna lie, when you put that post up, I was probably laying, getting ready to go to bed, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> I'm like, is it gonna be white? That'd be sick! But then I'm like, oh wait, that's still just the tape on there, and okay, that's the big yeah. I was like, oh, look at all those dents. I promise you, it's not gonna be white, and all the dents will be fixed. So at least we get that. See, I'm trying to work any any little sneak. Yeah, it won't be white. There, I'll give you. It, so it's not be, gonna be white. There will be accents of white, but there's, it's not gonna be a lot of white at all. It's just enough to make some stuff pop. Okay. Um, I'm excited for it. Like that was the thing. Like. The deal was I bought the clear coat. He would chip in for the paint, but he has full creative, like, just go for it. You know what I mean? That was the base deal of it was I have no creative ability. So I'm like, brother, you want to do something fucking awesome? Do it. Like, show me what you got. And I feel like that's an awesome thing. And I, it's something that I feel like you really got to trust the person that's doing it. Right. Because you wouldn't just hand anything over to anybody and say, hey, do whatever you want. If anybody out there is listening that has given full creative liberty to somebody they know or to a local paint shop, we love to hear about that story, how it went. You dropped it off. You picked it back up. What did you think? You know, what is it like receiving something when you have no idea what they were going to paint it. You don't even know what color your bike's going to end up. So if anybody's on the other side of that process, write to us on Instagram at Low Life Chopper Podcast, and through that site you could find our, or excuse me, through that page you could find our individual handles. But um, we'd love to know what that went like because this is the first time I've witnessed it in person. I've heard about it. You see it on like yeah. reality shows and right. whatnot, but I've never actually known somebody who was like, yeah, just go at it. And the reason I actually asked. CP about this because I approached him on it and one because I want to help a brother get his bike done faster and Amen. for two other reasons is when I was painting mine um, I already got the gas tank done but when I was taping that I just came up with so many more fucking ideas and I had too much work into my tank to start over and do what I want to do so I said fucking I'll put it on my brother's bike. <laughs> I remember when you were painting the the final one you sent us a pic of like it when it was primed or something. Right. You're like, I started over, and we both of us were like, "What? Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I started Again? over on my tank three times, and I'm talking from finished product back down three times because I just couldn't get exactly what I wanted, and I finally landed on what I wanted. But um, yeah, so the second reason I asked him was because, like I said, I do tattooing on the side, and that is one thing that I get a lot as a tattoo guy. Is Obviously, people want 
a cheaper deal. So I've had so many people just come up to me like, I'll give you full creative, whatever you want to do for like a half sleeve or whatever, if you can do it for this price. And so I said, fuck it, I've done it on people, so I might as well do it on my brother's bike. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just letting you know, I can, yeah. uh, I can always, you know, put some stripper on there and take that paint right say, off. Yeah, like full creative liberty on a tattoo. Uh, like, I've I had mean, that so many times. And it's not like, hey, just do whatever the fuck you want. Like they'll tell me like, this is what I'm into. This is the theme I want to go for. Okay. But I'll let you decide on what. Uh, see, that's is. a little bit different right. because I you were like, yeah, not because not like, I'd yeah, be... do whatever you want. Like they give me what they want to run with, and then I go from there, and I get to pick like where the images are going to line see, up. See, like and... I started my uh, my ribs at a guy at uh, Art for Life, and I told him I was like, oh look, I want like the tearaway, and I want like a motorcycle engine underneath. But I was like, but figure it out. Like I don't. I'm not creative, so make it look good. Show me what you got. He showed me, and I'm like, all right, let's get it started. Two years later, I still just have the line work done because I'm cheap. It happens. <laughs> it happens. And it hurts. Rib tattoos are no joke. So, <laughs> so yeah, back onto the tent. So, as of right now, I have I have it primed because the tank itself doesn't need that much body work. There's a few dents, so I started body work on that today. Plus... I actually took the day off because my boss fucking pissed me off. So, fuck him if you're listening. And um, so, just so you all know, he's looking for a job. <laughs> all right, we won't go that far. But um, yeah, so uh, with doing his stuff, I decided I got time today, so I pulled out the uh, frame for the stepchild, and I got all the bondo spread on that. I got all the seams, the first coat of bondo. Hopefully, that's all it's gonna take. So I'll bring that to work tomorrow and sand that down on my lunch break and. Hopefully, have some new pictures. <laughs> yeah, so the wherever there's frame. like a transition, like so on the frame, you can. They didn't. There was no trying to hide where they welded anything or like transition. So I talked about a little bit last week. I ground all those welds down and then um, I just skimmed it with Bondo. To, I wanted to look like a seamless frame, so everything looks like it was just pressed out of a fucking mold or something. Nice. So yeah, that's where that is right now, and then that's about all I've done so far this week. And that's actually something too for a future topic. We'll leave, we'll throw this out to you guys that are listening. Um, if any of you haven't done bondo work, I only bring this up because I've never done bondo before. Yep. Um, if there's anybody out there that, that wants us to expand on that and talk a little bit more about that process, that's something we can dive into too. Yeah. We'll get again. We'll play it by by your guys' interest. If nobody says anything, we'll just let it be. But um, it's something that I don't know about, so. Yeah, I think I throw it out there as a potential. I mean, I've stuffed Bondo to pass this inspection on my car, but it's definitely just not. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different. It's a lot different. It's a lot different. It's like, a little bit different for sure. Actually, that brings up a, another topic, which I know we didn't really throw this on the outline here, but I am curious when it comes to inspections. This is a contentious yes. point for us. We have a yes. lot of history with. Obviously, the three of us used to club together, and now we no longer do as a really the, the turning point was inspections being able to get our bikes inspected and as a lot of you guys that have choppers know it's not always the easiest thing so I'd love for you guys to write in to us and tell us if you have a chopper do you get that chopper inspected do you you know once a year you throw all the shit back on it and then you go get the sticker do you know somebody that gives you the sticker and also include what state you live in 
because I'd be curious to know how many of you guys are riding around on uninspected bikes and what trouble, if any, it's caused you as a result. That's a, I would, I would love uh, to get a survey. Yeah, I'm going to throw this out there though, that in New Hampshire, none of us pass. <laughs> yeah. We I'm don't a, have front fenders right then and there. New right. Hampshire. Well, that's every state. Yeah. Front, you got a front fender. Is right. that every state? Yeah. Yeah. It's a matter of how lenient the state is. Oh, okay. It. Like New Mass went to this whole body cam system. If you guys are listening, if you're, you're from Mass, I also was living in Mass and if you are as well, I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> they are have just gone over to a body cam system for the cars and now the bikes and they've moved the inspection sticker to the plate itself as opposed to the fork leg. So if a cop right. pulls up behind you, they can see uh, at a glance. Yep. And even if they don't see that, it comes up in their system. Um, so it, it's they're really cracking down there. So I'm, I, I just want to know what people are I'll say, I've been riding, I started riding when I was 16 and I'm 31 now. And I have absolutely never once inspected a motorcycle, ever. And fuck, I don't even know if I've inspected a car. And that actually got me into a lot of trouble. Yeah, well, I got, it definitely was a car. <laughs> I got 13 no inspector sticker violations by the time I was like 18, lost my <laughs> license and all kinds of dumb shit. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to the chopper, I pretty much just say fuck you. Yeah. And I've, you know, I don't you want to jinx use it. the excuse. Um, Oh my uh my taillights they just fell off. Where'd your yeah. fender go? I don't know. I bought it like yeah. this. I, I mean, just I don't bought it. But I mean we put our inspection stickers on the forks, well at least the guys that have inspection stickers and I've never had somebody be able to drive by me and fucking notice if I had a sticker on my front fork, so I say there's the beers. Yeah. <laughs> I say uh, fuck the inspection sticker. But yeah, like Grease said, we'd love to hear from you guys. And also I think we said it before, but if you guys want to hear anything specific on the podcast or want us to dig into anything or talk to any fucking shops, just fucking hit us up and let us know what you want to hear. Yeah, because in all honesty, all we do is talk about this all week. So yep. we have a lot of time invested into you know even what we're talking about today. So if you guys let us know what you want to hear, that'll guide our next show, which actually helps us out, helps you out. You know, it's a win-win both ways. Definitely. And it gives us some time to research, you know, and and really put a better show together for you guys. But um, enough about that. We'll dive now into the next topic, um, which is super exciting. Actually, we're coming to you, as we said in the beginning of the show, live from the Garage Mahal, which is probably the most excited that I've been in quite a long time because as we talked about on previous shows we've all been in that situation where you're building a chopper out of a you know a shack basically which is what you've built your entire bike out of yeah like the dirt floor basement in a in an apartment complex in your dad's garage yeah that was (laughs) well that was recent my parents live in a different state but they recently moved closer so i was then using that space but uh, not everybody's I don't come from a, a family of motorcycle riders. I'm the first person in my family to ride a motorcycle or own one, so it, it's not, uh, it was not smiled upon <laughs> necessarily to be there doing any right. of that. So everybody who's built a chopper for the most part knows the struggle of you're trying to have enough space, trying to have room to do what you want to do, a place to put your tools, and it all go like the quality of the build is a direct representation of the space that you're doing it in. because. Not saying that people sure. haven't built some amazing stuff out of small little shops, but having a space is crucial. Just, just somewhere where like 
you know, you can just quickly move over and there's your toolbox and um, you can put, you know, if you you can put like a mat down and you know it can collect stuff or right you know it's just it you're sheltered from the elements like this you're whole week in the rain. Yeah. this whole week i haven't been able to do anything on my wiring i got the um connectors to put it onto the terminal just to make it clean it up a little bit yeah and uh I haven't, not a single day has it not been raining after work, so, right. yeah, so we can't do anything. Yeah, we, we get a lot of that stuff going on. So the exciting news to share is that uh, my wife and I finally found the right spot and we bought our first house. So made the move from Massachusetts to New Hampshire, so officially a New Hampshire resident now, which I'm super excited about for the uh, beer at gas state. stations. Beer at gas stations. We took advantage of that tonight. We got some all-day IPAs from Founders powering tonight's episode. Sponsored. <laughs> Please. So, um, yeah, made the move. And obviously, I mean, not only that, but you also get better bike laws, better gun laws. I mean, not shitting on anybody for masks, but I had a tough time while we were there. Throw so, that helmet right away. That's right. Yeah, helmet laws, everything. So we're here now in him. Londonderry, New Hampshire is where we ended up settling. Uh, got a great little spot uh, for my wife, myself, and our two kids. So, and that's the other benefit of it too, that I'm sure a lot of you guys, I've seen a couple Instagram feeds of people, everybody here on this podcast has kids in their lives and you want to be able to share that with them. Yeah. And sometimes if you're working out of a, you know, the corner of a buddy shop or your buddy's basement or garage, it's a little harder to share that with your family. So the biggest thing that I'm excited about with the house now, having a, a two-car garage downstairs, is I can share it with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my kids can come down. They can turn wrenches. I can teach them all the things that I wish I learned when I was their age. I'm sure they won't care in the beginning, but as they get older, you know, oh, it's yeah. something that they start sure. to develop an interest in. I think it's awesome to be able to share the, the culture with them. Funny story. My uh, my kids won. And uh, I have one of those Craftsman ratchet wrenches. Yep. And anytime I have to go out and work on the bike and say my wife's at work or she's busy doing something else, I'll bring him out, put him in a high chair and hand him one of them and he'll just sit there and play with the wrench. <laughs> Second he drops it, he gets so upset and I feel his pain because I hate when I'm working on my bike and I drop a wrench on Must the other side. A 10 millimeter on there. Yeah, I think so. It's guaranteed was- to be dropped and lost yeah. forever. <laughs> But it always falls to the other side of the bike. Do you notice that? Like, oh, you're working there, you drop it, and it just rolls right out of your reach. Or falls yeah. into the middle of the frame. You like <laughs> right. And fish it out. Actually, too, I'm just realizing now, a lot of people probably building Harleys. That 10 millimeter thing means nothing to them. What's oh, the yeah. Equivalent? I still use it. What's Fuck the equivalent it. to a 10 millimeter for somebody's half? You know, a standard half? Fuck no, 7 eighths? No, probably 9 sixteenths. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, do, I grab a socket. I don't care if it's standard or metric. If that shit fits, it's fucking twisting oh that bolt. Oh, God. That's horrible to I hear. don't give a Metric. <laughs> shit. Metric is cheap parts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So funny about your kids getting involved. Um, it definitely does take a little while for them to get actually interested. And sometimes once they do get interested, you're, it gets a little fucking aggravating because sometimes you just want to go bang shit out. But... You have to take the time to explain it once you do get your kids involved and they take interest. They want to know everything. Right. And, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I have a nine-year-old boy, a seven-year-old boy, and a three-year-old daughter. 
and all three of them have put a wrench on the stepchild, even my three-year-old. I mean, she's not doing nothing, <laughs> but she's putting a wrench on it, hitting the yeah. frame with it, whatever she wants to do. Yeah. And, and my nine-year-old, so she right. might be doing better than you. She, she is. And <laughs> my nine-year-old actually, uh, he changed, before I put the stepchild away, he changed the oil on that bike. I just told him what to do, and he absolutely did the entire fucking oil change. That's awesome. Which is That's great. fantastic. And then, again, today, when I was spreading the bond on the frame, he was right outside with me and spreading bond on all those welds with me, so... It's Hell definitely yeah, a good man. thing that's, to get them involved. That's fun. It's so awesome to, just to hear that, that you're able to share it with right. the family like that. And if there's anybody listening that does the same thing with their kids, send us that story too. That's like that's the type of feel-good shit we love to hear about. Hell yeah. People passing on the culture, you know? For sure. You know, like my chopping has only been wiring lately, but still like you learn so much in doing this rather than riding a bagger. You know what I mean? Like... Just that that quick transition I made. I mean, I'm learning stuff every day because I'm like, oh, what, how am I going to do this? You know, or how am I like? I want to put a foot clutch on there, and I've been looking Amen. at it, looking at it, and I'm like, all right. So if I go like this and I put this pulley here, and maybe I can get it because I I have the I have to go across. Yeah, he's and got forward. It on the right hand side. Yeah, so my. Uh, my clutch well, is on the right-hand side. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this because I think we could fabricate a cool system I've seen with the um, where it's actually like a, a, it looks like a wheel, basically yeah. a wheel that it, that will allow it has a channel groove for a certain diameter of wire. Yep. And then you would just run parallel. So I'm thinking if I do one at like a 45 degree angle in the center. Yeah. That will get that upward pull that I need if it's at the right, you know. What I mean, just I'm not yeah, saying necklace of 45. Too. I think you got to get one. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. The first one over. would be yeah. at, at, at some sort of angle. I'm not saying 45 is the way to go. Maybe 90 or whatever. Sure. But that way, it still pulls it up, but brings it across as well. Because I was thinking at first, if I do one straight up and down, there's that potential of it. Sounds like a moving lot of right. Work. Well, it's good. It does, but it's fun work. And, then, and if anybody out there is is in a bind with a fabrication related thing, we we've got that kind of experience. You know, I, I work at a fabrication shop. Loctite, you're working at a, at a fab shop now too. And yep. there's a lot of it to me. What used to feel like a lot of fucking work that I'm like, oh, I don't even know where to begin. And so now it's kind of like now it's kind of fun. Of the first thing when you said it's on the right hand side, we got to move it over to the left, and I'm like, awesome! I like we did yeah. a couple things in the shop the other week that were similar, and now I can't wait to see it on a bike. Right, and that's where to mount the wheels. Exactly, and you know I have the idea. It's just now getting the parts, and then you know over the winter because I'm not gonna do right. I'm not gonna do it now because yeah. I've I've lost half my riding season trying to rewire it. So um, it happens. It does. <laughs> it does. Um, but no, that's something I've really been looking forward to is figuring out how to do that because I am loving not having any cables up there on Clean other than bars to the fucking sky, and I man. the funny thing is the guy I um, who had built this bike I'm gonna find out who he is through the guy I got it from but um, he put a single he only has the pu- um, the pull yep so yeah, there's no problem. push the normal um, 
Suzuki 650 has both. Yeah. This one just has the one. So I want to, you know, obviously talk to him and see like, hey, where, where were you going with this? Because now I'm trying to do this stuff with it. Maybe he has ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'm going to track him down. You definitely don't need that other cable. I can tell you that off the bat. Yeah, I know. It That's... does everything it needs to. I don't know the purpose of it. I... Yeah, if you have two cables on your bike, if you have a push-pull throttle cable, you can you can get rid of that other one. I don't want to. I I, 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 just, I feel like where we have to get a lawyer to come in and be like, "Well, my podcast is not responsible for any accidents you encountered because you yeah. took your throttle." That's at your off. own fucking risk. But I've had every bike I've had has had two cables. I always take the other one off, and I actually save it because pro tip right here. This isn't even our just the tip section, but save that other one because if your throttle cable snaps, guess what other cable is the same length as your throttle cable and is the same cable. Boom. Keep the second <laughs> cable, and if your throttle breaks, you have a second throttle cable. Okay. It's just like you don't have to... Mind blown. You don't have to have them both attached on the bars, but you can still keep it. It's basically just like a freebie. I did The first thing I do is I just take it off, and then I just stash it away, and it's like if ever I lose my throttle cable. Oh, that's great. Right, I got this. If you so, look at the trunk of my car, like it is just <laughs> bolts, washers, cables. Have you seen my car? I have my bike and your bike in my car. I uh, didn't know. <laughs> so, yeah, about the fabrication. I think I actually struggled a lot with the fabrication when I first started. And I would call Greece all the time. And I'm like, this is how I want to do it. And I feel like this is the right way. But I need you to tell me it's the right way. <laughs> and I feel like a huge part of fabrication is really just using your fucking imagination. Don't overthink it. And... If it makes sense in your brain, just build it. The worst thing that's going to happen is you die. You're going to have to rebuild it. That's it. Right. So that's that's what I just want to say is if you're on the fence about it, just fucking do it. And the worst comes to worst, you're going to have to re-fucking do it. And that's the best lesson I took from all you guys have been doing is just go out there and do it. Like, it. Who, who cares? I mean, at this point now, even if my wiring doesn't end up working, I can just buy the old wiring harness put it back together because I saved all the, all the plug and plays are still there right so you know it's just it's taking that leap for at least for me you know what I mean it was just diving in you know but with both feet just fucking that's what you gotta do for sure definitely and actually I'd be curious too that, that kind of brings up another topic that I'd be curious to hear from the listeners on is where do you draw your line where is the line for you currently where you say this is a little bit too much for me. Like, okay, yeah, I'll jet my carbs. I'll, you know, change my tires. But then something goes in the motor and maybe you're like, okay, motor work is outside what I'm willing to do. Or maybe it's the welding on anything related to the frame. Maybe that's kind of just gives you the heebie-jeebies and you're like, I'm not going to touch the frame because I don't want to warp it or bend it out shape, whatever. I'd be curious to know where, where everybody's personal line is at because chopper guys are all over the board. There's guys that... Some guys have a, a chopper built for them, and I'm not downplaying those guys. Some people just have – they make good money, and right. they don't have a lot of time. So that's the, that's the way it works out for them. Um, other guys might just be nervous to dive into a particular set of the build. So shoot us, a, shoot us a message. Leave us a comment on one of our posts. We'll be posting throughout the week. And let us know where do you draw your line, and if there's a particular – theme with that this is kind of where i'm going with this is if a lot of people keep saying the same thing 
we'll get somebody on the podcast right. who has that skill set and we'll have that person talk to you about how they got started and how they overcame that hurdle and then we'll bring it to you guys so in the end it's just going to come back to you so share your stories with us on that we'd be we'd be interested in hearing about that for sure that could actually go into what we want to talk about about uh the most frustrating part of your build i know yes everybody fucking has a time where you're just like questioning yourself like why the fuck did i get into this all right, so let's start with UCP. So I had a running bike, had keyword, um, and rest in peace. Rest in peace. That was my dying words right there. Is I went out there <laughs> and uh, I just started cutting the wiring harness. Well, first off, I you know took it apart, looked at it, and then I was like, oh well, I don't need this attached here. So I cut that wire, and then I was like, I'm out there working on the bike. And I have everything connected, and I'm just trying to, you know, take stuff apart with it, with the headlight at least on. And I cut one wire, and I was like, well, I lost power, and it's not starting anymore. Might as well just take the whole thing off. So I uh, took the whole wiring harness upstairs, rectifier relay and everything, and uh, started working on it, you know, right at my kitchen table with a one-year-old running around trying to pull the solder off the table. (laughs) Makes it easier. Oh yeah, yeah. Wondering if you're gonna child's gonna burn himself. It's great. Yeah, listen to your wife yell at you about that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then some of the wires like for my ignition coil um, don't go. They like are hardwired in, so there's no plug and play for it. So the way the guy had set it up, I mean, it's like straight to it. I so I had to solder out of the back of my car, and we talked about that last week. Right. Trying to do that whole setup from there and just working in the element. It's been it's been frustrating because I have the schematic I made based off of a schematic I got and it's just trying to chase wires and I only have probably about uh, I'd say an inch on each of the um, the plugs. Yeah. And I'm looking at the colors, trying to match them up, and I have one color wire for everything. So, right. so I'm hearing a couple things, right? We got working in the elements. Yeah. We got finding or making the correct schematic for what you. Need I would to do. say, and then we've also got trying to work, trying to to just dip a toe in, so to speak, where it's like you you'd ideally like to just keep the headlight running and then you know I'll clean these right. things up and then versus diving in all the way so what was the what would you say was the most frustrating part of the, the process most frustrating is when I brought it down after thinking it was right plugging it all in getting it going and hitting that starter switch and nothing happened yeah I you don't I hear the click like it's not it didn't even like I turned the ignition and I saw that the headlight didn't come on and I was like I fucked up somewhere yeah. I'm like so the mistakes then so, so yeah so realizing then, that the first yeah so and then I'm looking at it and I'm like all right now I have to take this off and I had ordered because to start it I have to get I have to hardwire the ignition the ignition coil so yeah. that's where like what the fuck came into play like I'm out there I'm thinking I'm done and I'm I realize I'm nowhere near done so gotcha that's when uh you can see on my on my Instagram I have a post of my bike sitting out there no tins um wiring everywhere and I'm back to the drawing board so <laughs> yeah that that 
full restart of the of the whole process definitely is a frustrating one. For yeah. sure. What about for you, Loctite? So, for me, I think I've, I've expressed it a few times on Instagram and on the podcast that Stepchild is my first full build from the ground up. And I think a lot of guys are going to relate to this, but I don't really have one thing that was frustrating. I think starting a first build in itself is just super frustrating. Cause, and I think everybody gets to that point where you've just been putting in so many hours. And like I hold a full-time job plus have three kids. So trying to get time with them and work and then plus putting in so many hours on my build, it's like there was definitely a point where I was questioning, am I ever gonna get this thing fucking back together and running again? And I just felt like it was taking forever. And it really hasn't been that long. Like I started the build in October, but I think just in itself, the worst part for me has been getting in my own head. Um, right now, I feel super confident on building my own bike and I'm so happy that I've had so many people be able to jump in and help me. So now I'm at a good spot and I guess once you get to that spot, don't fucking give up because you'll definitely get past it and you'll stop being a little whiny bitch and get back to work. <laughs> so that's it. That's my fucking, that's the hardest part for me is just getting past that fucking low spot where you feel like you're not doing it right. Where I'm at. <laughs> I hear you. I'm actually kind of probably closer to, to where you're at on this now, CP, because with the whole move and all the house shit falling on my plate at the same time, the bike has been getting neglected and where it's been at is this super frustrating it was riding last summer i took a ride with you loctite we yep. cruised up to manchester put probably you know over 100 miles on the chop and for the first time i rode down the road on a bike that I so great too. from the ground it sounded, up. Great. Yes. <laughs> it sounded amazing it, it ripped through the corners just so Johnny many people. It was that. like riding with a fucking superstar. Everybody wanted to stop Greece and talk to him. It was absolutely <laughs> insane. Like we were trying to get fuel and I remember that old buck Dude, that, was like, yeah. this is a real fucking bike. And he's like looking at me like I'm a shitbag because... Oh, that was, that was ridiculous. Did <laughs> you yeah. have your bagger? <laughs> yeah, he was like so insulted. He's like, that kicker's a real bike. Yeah, that guy was, he, this was like a 75-year-old dude that like, took every bit of energy he had in his body to walk all the way across the parking lot to come and ask me like what year the bike was. And I think it's got a lot to do with the color, too. It's a bright blue. Right. It's like a baby blue XS650 with white pinstriping on it. And you can see uh, at Nick J. Farrow on Instagram if you want to see a picture of what the bike looks like. But I think the color has a lot to do with it because you see a lot of guys build some pretty amazing chops and they paint them black. And no, you know, not shitting on anybody for what color they want to paint it, but it just, uh, a lot of people happen to notice it because of the color. Right. And I think that ride just completely changed everything. I had another ride later in that month where a guy like pulled, he was sitting in his driveway, I passed him, I'm at the next light and he just rips up next to me and I'm like, holy shit, when did you even get on a motorcycle? <laughs> and he's like, hang on, I gotta ask you about the bike. And we pulled off, he bought me a coffee, and we talked about the bikes, because he had a, he was on um, a Triumph chop. Yep. Guy's name was Frank. Frank, I don't know if you found this podcast, I highly doubt you, that you did by now, but if you did, Frank from Haverhill, good dude, built a sweet fucking Triumph chop. And, and that connection right there is what we do it for. But So the frustrating part for me right now with where I'm at is, I have an issue where every time I give the bike gas, it dies. And I've 
worked through the carburetors, I've changed the jets, I've looked at everything, and it got to the point where I had, with all the house stuff going on, I had no time left, so I brought it to a shop. They weren't able to get it running, but they pointed me in the direction of the electronics. So now that I'm moved in, now that we got the house, now that we're recording here out of this garage, first thing I'll be doing when we start the full move this weekend is bringing the bike in here. I'll run a test on all the electronic components, see where it's at. If anything's bad, I'll replace it and we'll go from there. Um, so I'd say the most frustrating part is being so fucking close to the finish line no. where every quarter turn of a bolt, you tell yourself this is the last thing. This is the last thing. I have nothing else to do. And then you're just constantly finding out that there's one more thing to do. Yeah. And I think that's the learning process for me in all this is that it's never done. And you guys that have built bikes in the past and have done this numerous times, I'm sure there's people with way more experience than me that I'm sure you feel like that all the time. So if you have a frustrating story to share with us or you'd like to come tell that story on the podcast, hit us up. We're always willing to, as they say, misery loves company. So we're all in a tough spot with our chops right now, and I know that cold weather's rolling in fast. So if you've got a story you want to share, come share it with us. Uh, I'm sure we've all been there and can share a laugh about it. Oh, for sure. Definitely. So I think at this point now we can roll into the next stage, which is we will have a booth that we're super excited about at the Full Speed Ahead show. Um, we're going to be there. We'll have the bikes there that we've talked about just now. And um, this show's got two components. We've got the Friday night party. Yep, the and then the Saturday, or yeah, excuse me, pre-party. And then the Saturday show. Yep. So the pre-party, Loctite, I think you have the, the info on this. The pre-party is, is on the USS it's, Yeah, it's on the battleship itself. Um, you got to forgive me. I don't have all the information. But it's on the last fucking podcast. And I'll post... Uh, uh, a post on Instagram about it as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the pre-party will be on the battleship. There's not going to be. We won't have a booth there, obviously, because it's just a pre-party. They have the bands and drinks, <laughs> and they have liquor licenses, and you can pretty much just walk around the entire battleship. So that'll be pretty cool. And um, and then Saturday, he said that the <clears throat> the show is. I believe he said it's like a few miles down the road. That'll be in an airplane hangar, and then. So we'll have our booth there for sure. I'm not exactly sure where we're gonna set it up. I haven't gotten the exact location on that yet. But once I do, I'll make sure it gets on the podcast. You guys can come find us. And definitely fucking come find us. Um, we have Crazy Customs. They're making us a sign to put on the booth. So you'll actually be able to find us. Um, we're hoping to have a little bit of merch for you guys, if anybody's interested. And yeah, come over. We'll, we're gonna try to record a little bit and uh, we'll try to get a couple like quick interviews if it's not too loud and the background noise isn't too crazy but um, even if we can't record definitely stop by we can shoot the shit get some contact information and try to set it up for you to come down here and like we said when we first started this it doesn't you don't have to own a shop you don't have to be a parts dealer any of that shit to be on the show or yeah i'll leave the, right? I'll, trust me i am fully willing to leave the booth and go look at your bike yeah <laughs> definitely we're not just going to be sitting in the booth because who the fuck wants to do that well there'll definitely somebody be at the booth at all times so you can come shoot the shit with us but um we'll be walking around checking out people's bikes and 
hopefully you'll be near your bike and if we like it even if we don't fucking like it we'll probably still have you in the show just so we can yeah. find out why we don't like it and what was what was <laughs> yeah. you thinking on it yeah so, like, what, it why why clutch and a jockey shift is a good chance everybody's gonna love it yeah nothing that's against true. anybody that doesn't have it but we're huge fans here so even though i've never uh ridden with it i can't wait um there we go all day ipas <laughs> continuing the garage ball it's definitely we're looking forward to that's honestly one of the biggest things that we wanted with this podcast is to meet all of you guys and girls whoever is out there building bikes none of us are professional builders we're better now than we were when we started and i'm sure a lot of you can relate to that but you don't have to be a full-time bike builder right. for us to want to come check your bike out we're not going to be the cool kids that are like not wanting well, to ask anybody else about their bike and just stand next to our bike the whole time. I want to know what you ride. I want to know what you did to it. And right. Or you want to check it out. Or even if you've heard us talk about shit we've done to our bikes and that's something that you're trying to do to your bike, definitely feel free and just come over and pick our brains on shit. Like Grease said, we're not professional builders, but... Or come over and let me pick we're getting your brain. <laughs> yeah, let us learn some shit from you. Yeah, that's that's sure. what I, I'm not going to lie. That's what I'm interested in. Like, I'm going to come up and be like, yeah, I, I'm an idiot. What the fuck is that? What right. do you got going on there? Why? I, You know, that's something that I'm really interested in seeing these bikes that are... And, and like he said on the last podcast, not the bikes that are made in shops. No offense to those, but I'm looking at looking for the bikes that someone made in their garage right. and I'm just like what were you like what was your creative mindset to do this right like yeah. is this comfortable to ride is this something you just bring to a show well you know because I personally am like I like the functionality plus that show look you know what I mean like I want it to be a little bit of both Whereas I see some of these bikes, I'm like, you can't ride that. Right. And we have debates about this all week. About we look at a bike and we're like, yeah, that's not gonna ride. And right. I'm like, well, well, you know, the you biggest never know. thing is, is every shop has a fucking story. I don't care who you are, if you build in a shop or you build in your mom's fucking basement. Every shop has a story, and that's just what we want to hear. And that's what all you guys want to hear. I've talked to so many people that listen to the podcast, and I try to reach out to even guys that aren't reaching out to me. If I see them liking something, I'll, I'll shoot them a message and just say what's up and thanks for the support and all that shit. And that's what we want to hear from, and that's what the listeners, you guys have said, that you want to hear from all those local guys, and you want to hear from guys that are building shit just like you. So definitely come over to the booth, shoot the shit with us. Hopefully we're allowed to bring beer in there. And... Uh, so one thing we also talked about is we want to be a little bit different than everybody else. We, I mean, we can't do it at this show, obviously, because we can't fucking hang a hammock from oh, an easy up. That kills me. But we're trying to make this our thing. So when you come fucking shoot the shit with us at the shows, we're going to have a spare hammock for you so you can just fucking chill in the hammock and drink some beers with us. Hammock life. I really want this. I, I want Warbonnet to sponsor this fucking podcast. <laughs> That's the company that makes my hammock. If you need a ham, if you need the best top of the line hammock you got to go to war bonnet and or if you're a, broke, i know that's not chopper related but it's just that i feel like i want that to be a component i think the it broke is, people though. can get it from walmart you're it saying it's it all right because <laughs> so many guys that chop use fucking hammocks just because like we were talking about before is you don't have the space to fucking pack a damn tent so it's so much easier to pack up a hammock but i don't want to get back into Actually, the whole camping things we've done that a hundred times we won't but. dive back into the camping thing but i will give one quick shout out and i'm pulling up instagram right now because we brought up hammocks i can't not mention the guy we met him at 
deadbeat retreat. Yes. He was hanging next to us, and he's like, you guys got hammocks? I got a fucking hammock. Wicked he, wrote, he wrote to us on the, the Instagram page. You guys can keep chatting while I'm trying to find his name. His name was Shane, and I can't, I'm just trying to find his Instagram handle. So, But, uh... <laughs> yeah, so, anyways, this kid, he just came up from just nowhere, and actually, he had... Fuck, dude, you need to get a hold of us, because I want to get your story on here about deadbeat and the shit that you went through getting the deadbeat because i know we weren't the only ones that had a hard time and you shared that story with us when you were unpacking your hammock and shit so definitely reach out to one of us on instagram and we'll get you on here that way you can tell the guys your story and the heartache of getting a deadbeat and which is actually good because i wanted to touch on that a little bit anyways was i would not want to have just an easy i know as much as we made it sound like it sucked going to deadbeat those sucky times make the best fucking stories afterwards. It, you know, and that's something I hear from a lot of guys. It's, it's like, you can remember, you never remember the hundred miles that went perfectly well. Right. But you remember that time that you were under that underpass for fucking three hours while it was hailing because you're like, no, nah, I'm not riding through right. that shit. Think about our second episode. That would have fucking sucked if we were like, yeah, it was 90 degrees out. We rode straight up to the camp. It was beautiful. There was birds chirping. Yeah, you wouldn't talk about how, yeah. you know, you were two feet from someone's headstone. You're right. like, I'm trying to be respectful right yeah. now. Yeah, those shitty times, in the moment, it fucking sucks. But and that's you what builds... second guess everything. But afterwards, you have the most badass story. And you know, that's something that, like, especially with choppers, I've noticed is... Because we're not on baggers, because it's not comfortable, you know, we we tend to have stories where we're like, yo, this 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 sucked. Agreed. Yeah, we all we've all had those just struggles. Yeah. Choppers are nothing but struggles, but we all continue to do it because we love it. And you know what? It's that old school mentality. We're all born in the wrong era. Like Oh, perfect. Hey, Loctite found it. Shaner, S-H-A-N-E-R 401 on Instagram. That's the dude we were talking about. Yeah. Good dude. Give him a follow. Throw him a couple likes. Check out his page. He's a good dude. We met him at Deadbeat the other the other week, and uh, it was fun hanging out with him. And he's also a hammock. He's a hammock camper, yeah. Hammock camper. He even, we even had That's a beer okay with him over at the, at the bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should. Hey, it was a good time, and that's what we want more of. That basically, that's what we were getting at with all of this. Is we want to meet more of you guys that are listening, and we want to see what it is that you're working on, and make you hammock campers. For sure. <laughs> we want to convert you to what we like. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, you guys will make it out to that show, even if you weren't planning on going. Um, it's gonna be a fucking insane show i'm so pumped to party on a battleship not gonna lie if we didn't say the date august 24th and 25th right give them that date yeah the pre-party is 24th obviously that's on the uss salem and then uh and the other one's in the uh the hangar what's we we'll get you we'll post it yeah i'll get i'll get all the address and all that shit and that's on the 25th but the show is like so what they're trying to do is they're trying to make this like a national event like they want to bring in everybody from the chop culture and the shit that they're giving away like the shovel and just i'm just letting you know i'm going broke because of that shovel like (laughs) yeah and just giving away like a random thousand dollars to just somebody that rode in and built a nice job like not even like a garage but somebody that rode to the show is just going to get a thousand dollars if they like your bike one of you guys right one of you guys listening to this podcast is going to get a thousand bucks and that's the most exciting part to me right 
and then plus they're doing like that giveaway where you can ride around and it's fucking it's just insane what they're doing and it's badass that those guys are taking all that energy and putting on such a badass show like that's a shitload of work if is you've it, never put on a show is it and like badass? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> so if you we can't have that swearing on this podcast. <laughs> no fucking swearing. So yeah, if you've never put on a show, it is a shit ton of work. So even if you can only go for a little while, definitely stop by and at least show your support. Yeah, support the people that are putting on killer events like that in our area. Because as East Coast people probably know, it's easy to be sitting out here saying, oh, I wish I could go to Born Free. I wish we had cool events like Born Free. This is a person in your backyard who is putting on the East Coast equivalent of Born Free, or at least trying to get it to that level. And you have the opportunity to either support that event and attend it or ignore it. And we would strongly encourage you to support it because that's the reason why events like Born Free happen because people in that area congregate to it. They support that event and they make it bigger than it was the last year. So be that person, do that for this event and make it happen. Right. So we'll jump now to into our next topic, just the tip, where we're going to share a couple of tips. Just the tip. A couple of motorcycle related tips for you guys. Uh, Loctite, why don't you kick us off? Okay. So I've noticed a lot of people <laughs> ask me about why I fold the brim of my hat up. And Greece has actually asked me before. Yeah, it looks super how weird. How the I was fuck? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's like, how the fuck do you ride and your hat never flies off? And he's actually tried this with just flipping his hat backwards and the fucking thing flies off instantly. And I don't do it because it's a style. And I know it's a style. Guys rock that shit out in California all the fucking time with the high socks and the shorts and all that bullshit. I do it because... It's called the cholo. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I do it because it holds my fucking hat down. I can do 80 miles an hour on the highway and my hat is completely fine. Again, like we were talking about earlier, I'm from New Hampshire. There's no helmet law, so I don't ride with a helmet. I'm a fucking asshole. Whatever. I'm an organ donor, though, so it makes it right. There you go. So, yeah. Fucking bend the brim of the hat just a little bit. The fucking air will keep it down. That's, that's perfect. That's my tip. tip. Just a little tip. I love it. All right. My tip... And I wish I could remember the person that shared this tip with me because I wish that I could give them credit. But when you come out to your motorcycle, especially this past week, this has been everybody's life. You come out to your motorcycle, it poured rain the previous night, and you're walking out there and your seat is soaking wet. A lot of people will just wipe it off with their hand, do their best to get it dry, and then sit down on it. And you end up with a half wet seat that you're sitting on and then your ass is wet for the rest of the day. Dry the seat with your knee. Put your knee on your seat, move it around till the seat is dry. Your knee is gonna be out in the breeze and it's gonna dry within five minutes. So instead of sitting on a half wet seat that you dried with your hand, try it with your knee, then sit on it, and then you don't have to worry about it. And that brings me to mind, um, because you know, talking about rain, you know, we've all gotten caught in it. And one good thing to keep in your pack is some latex gloves because when you're riding obviously your hands are going to get wet what you do is you put those underneath say your gauntlets or whatever your gauntlets are going to soak up a ton of water and what this does is just keeps it off your hand so your hand doesn't you know start to get pruned or you know get like you know worn out from the rain or cold and 
I didn't know about that until I got stuck in that rain from Ohio that one time. And someone's like, oh, we'll just stop in Subway. We'll ask them for a couple of their gloves. And we put them on. And it saved my life. Like <laughs> It keeps your hands warm, too, believe it or not. You can right. do that in, in cold weather, putting the latex gloves under your, your regular gloves. And it will legitimately keep your fucking hands warm. I don't know how. I don't know the science behind I, it. But honestly, it ever since... Get through the latex. So True. you're removing the wind element because even though leather is super thick and it'd be good in a slide, it's still porous. Whereas latex gloves don't let any of the wind in, so it's gonna keep your hands warmer. So I keep a pair of those, uh, you know, at least a couple pair of shop gloves, like I would use when I was doing oil changes and yep. stuff the in my nitrile. pack. Yeah, the yeah, the nitrile, ones. the yep. black ones, and they just, you know, they work like a champ. They stick right to your hands and pack keep your down hands like nothing. Yeah, exactly, for sure. Awesome. So that's our just a tip section for you guys. Um, and that kind of wraps up the episode number four here. Um, we just want to give a couple shout outs again. I know these are people that we mentioned throughout the episode, but Chop Ahead, we're really looking forward to the Full Speed Ahead show coming up. Chop Cult for promotion and tech support. Obviously, you guys have been you know get, helping us to get the podcast out there. We're not the most technically savvy. Just because we have a podcast doesn't mean we're fantastic <laughs> with computers, as we've demonstrated in the past here. But Lisa from Chopcult has been fantastic with helping us to get the word out and also helping us to get the links where they need to go. So we really appreciate that from you guys. And then obviously Crazy Customs, Maddie joined us for you know episode two, and that was fantastic. We appreciate that. But also they've helped us out with a sign for the. Um, the booth at the Full Speed Ahead show. So we can't thank you guys enough. You really helped to make this podcast possible. Anybody out there that's looking to become you know, a, a sponsor of the show or come on the show and tell your story, we'd love to have you on. And a huge thank you to the people who have already done so. So that wraps up episode four. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And we will catch you on the next one. Enjoy the weekend. Later, motherfuckers. <laughs>Drink in a cup more, and that's what those old psychos that love my flow will get hype for. Yeah, they I know. I'm local, bro. Don't hit me with the I might go. Either y'all there in that front row, but don't buy the coming at all. Oh, I'm crazy, but they like that. 30 rack on that bike pack. I supply the party, I bring the bar. No debit cards except that. Cash only, cash only. Workplay for that cash on me. But if your girl got an ass on it and a lack of cash, we can talk over. I know that might sound crazy. Call me maybe if y'all buy it though. Till then, I be opening and bottles in and throttles. So if Y'all with it, let's get it I can't stop, it's infectious And this here what I'm made for So let's turn up and then did it Hit that interstate Cruising with my squad behind me In Nirvana Feeling like Muhammad Gandhi Let that engine Thump, thump, thump Let that engine Thump, thump, thump Yeah, I hit that interstate Cruising
cruising with my squad behind me in Nirvana, feeling like Muhammad Ghani. Let that engine thump, thump, thump. Let that engine thump, thump, thump. Yeah. Uh-huh, tearing up freeways, all black leather like gothic kids Hysteria, all you hear through them airways when they rock my shit I'm barely Satan here, cause them bad bitches, they dropping it And they popping it, and they trying to get with that bond down So obvious Don't come around me unless you a rider I don't see either, I went on 9 to 5 No cubicle life, appeals and honest I be the oddest, fella you met it, admitted and problem is I'm in 100%, I don't got time for no halfway homies acting Oh, that's crazy, baby, don't forget that boy told you get Dad, chip off your shoulder, I gotta get These ties are rolling Either y'all get in on the back or get in Run the fuck over, I hit that Instead, cruising with my squad behind me In Nirvana, feeling like Muhammad Ghani Let that engine thump, thump, thump Let that engine thump, thump, thump Yeah, I hit that Instead, cruising with my squad behind me In Nirvana, feeling like Muhammad Ghani Let that engine thump, thump Thump, let that engine thump, thump, thump